brother. All right. First thing I want to do is shout out a uh, one of our listeners, Paloma Martinez Miranda, affiliated with a collective called Dog Eaters. She sent us a really nice message after our last episode about deviant art. Wait, is Dog Eaters the Pinoy one? The, yeah. Okay. It's a collective, Sick. So. <laughs> <laughs> kind of aggressive, but I like it. <laughs> I really, yeah, it's really honest. Uh, so yeah, thank you for the shout out, and we encourage everybody to send us comments about our previous episodes. It helps us get better, and you know, you might know us from our Instagram at paid.artists on Instagram. And then our website, www.artprospodcast.com. You can listen to all of our episodes, read up on some uh, blogs and posts that we we have, adding information to some episodes that we previously published. So, yeah, check it out. We're Donate. working on getting like a, an article or two up a week moving yeah. forward. So yeah. check that shit out. Yeah, we'll try our best. We're going to like be working on it. We're going to curate it. Um, do a lot of curatorial things just to make it so it's entertaining to go on. Get that SEO, search engine optimization, up. Yeah, it's going to be the new currency. Yeah, that's yeah. the new crypto is just Google search results. Oh, man. All right, we're potting on the weekday again, grinding. <laughs> Another another day of uh, working real hard for 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 the arts and as artists. Oh yeah, it's the art pros, and that's what we do. That's what artists do when we, we're artists. We grind for y'all. Um, another thing that artists do pretty frequently is uh, they host events or they they set up situations where viewers get to check out some cool art. You know, the viewers get to see. Something they might like, something that they might dislike, something that maybe will make them want to get a drink after, or something that'll make them want to curl up in a shower and cry alone. Well, you are you talking about some sort of show for art? Yeah, like like art show or art presentation, like mm-hmm. a PowerPoint, but on the wall. Sometimes mm-hmm. you'll see something curated. That's the t- today's topic, curation. Um, we've mentioned it like a whole lot in these past 25 episodes (laughs) and i don't think we've taken time to explain exactly what we mean by curation now many of you probably know what curating is but i'm gonna hand it off to renz the local curatorial expert to give a quick rundown definition all right as a uh self-proclaimed expert on curatorial studies see this is the thing uh I went to the school of hard knocks <laughs> to study curation. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do it in college. I've a, a lot more at, well, differently educated peers with professionalism around the expertise of curation that have, you know, not necessarily experienced myself. I, I you know, I, I, I went towards the route of uh, street smarts versus book smarts. <laughs> and so that's what's happened, and everyone leaves leads a different life. So. Um, what I, what I see, ex, uh, uh, cura- curatorial practice as is an experienced and expert, uh, profession in which you understand 
exactly the story you want to tell through the art that you want to collect and show in the wall. You are kind of like the uh, conductor of this art show. So you find the artist, you pick a topic that you think is relevant, that you think people want to see, and you find the right artist to to push forward this dialogue that you want to have through the visual medium that we call art or fine art or whatever, sculpture, whatever you want to put in the space, another big buzzword for the art world, space, whatever you want to put in that space, it's got to be well curated. And in order to curate that, you need to know what the heck you're seeing, what you're looking at, what it represents in the art world and culture in, in general. If art, if art to you, if the important part of art to you is its ability to convey a message beyond language, then as a curator, you're like the Rosetta Stone of that type of experience. You, know, you want to go into a, you, whenever you go into a museum, a curator is responsible for that experience. Whenever you go to an art show in your local city, wherever you live, in your local community, a curator is responsible for putting that together most of the time. So the responsibility of a curator is to know what message is being conveyed. So uh, the new Oxford American Dictionary, you know, by a bunch of geniuses, says <laughs> that <laughs> to curate is to select, organize, and look after the items in a collection or exhibition <coughs> I just curated those coughs for you if they sounded forced. So a lot of you may be like, oh, well, you know, that's easy. I curate. I curate my room, right? I chose where the bed went. I chose where uh, my PlayStation went. I chose where I hid my dildos. And only the luckiest of visitors can find that. And all of those are curatorial decisions. And you know, a lot of artists don't curate, but most these days do. Like, for example, an Instagram is curated. You know, you pick the images you post. It's not like every f image you take with your phone is uploaded immediately to Instagram. A lot of uh, shoe collections are curated. When someone goes into your closet, they're like, wow, I notice you have Yeezys, but what you hid from them were your Crocs. Although, I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you people, Crocs are coming back. 2020 you can customize them with little buttons and stuff dude i saw Pretty a pair cool. of uh croc gloves <laughs> that someone oh, made that i thought were super cool that's tactical uh <laughs> very um so curation is a big part of pretty much everything especially in contemporary culture i mean it you know there's an argument to be made that curation doesn't exist because people are constantly just organizing things and objects but you know we're going to ignore that frame of thought for now and we're going to talk about <laughs> the importance of curation because like you know the farther back you step back from anything the less sense it's going to make that you even define it as that for example like what is existing but you know like like do dreams really exist because you know how do you even know that you're awake right now we don't want to have those conversations right now on the art pros, so we're going to talk about curation in a more practical lens. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude. Am I really even awake right now? Dude, are we even podcasting? <laughs> I know. Like, I don't get, you see, got me down the rabbit hole of curation. But, you know, at the end of the day, curation is a skill that requires some form of education that reflects what you want to show and portray 
as a curator and as a fine art curator, as an art curator, that's a big responsibility. You're responsible for what your viewers, you, the people that are going to the museum you're curating for or gallery you're curating for are going to see. And, you know, it's that sounds like a serious thing, and it is. And curators have a lot of power because, let's say you're some hotshot New York curator, what, what you are going to be representing is going to influence those buyers. Yeah. The lifeblood of the art world, as we say, you know, because art, art, a lot of people recognize fine art as big money, you know. You, you, big money. You know, people see you on the news, this man Jeff Koons just sold something for 90 mil. Nothing. Big old, like, big shiny bunny. Yeah, that's nothing in the world of nothing. the art. Yeah, and it's even better when you're dead. Yeah. Oh, dude, you're making two, whop when you're dead. Yeah, man, nine figures. Not Easy. <laughs> Ten figures. Ten sometimes. Depends you know? on what currency. It's nuts. Yeah, you you know, if you're looking at it through the lens of yen, that's like 16 figures sometimes. Yo, <laughs> what about Pinoy pesos? Like, what are we talking about That's right what now? I'm talking about. It's an extra digit. It's an extra unit. Yeah. So that's why it's important. As a curator, it, it, that's all important. Like, are you are, how how authentic is your message? Do you even care about a message? You, you don't need to have a message when you're a curator, but it's important to the craft and and to honor and respect the job that curators actually, um, the importance that the job and curators actually have. I cannot emphasize enough. We at the Art Pros cannot emphasize enough how much of a craft it is to curate. For example, you could have an art show where you have an artist you really like and an artist you really don't like, and you have full control over the curation. You invite them both for, you know, a duo show. Mm. And, you know, you're like, all right, well, you're get and they can both put in an equal number of, of pieces. And you as a viewer might be like, all right, well, it sounds like I can, like, you know, it sounds like they're getting equal representation. But boom, as a curator, you can choose to have all the lights in the show only on <laughs> the artist you likes work. And then that's it. And then that's the show. So it's just all you put all the other person's artwork into a corner in the dark, maybe into a broom closet, and you call that the show. And, you know, you might draw attention of people who are like, oh, I want to, you know, I like hanging out in the dark and looking at stuff that you can't really see very well. But, you know, the average viewer is going to go look at the things that are well lit. That's the power of curation. So you have an equal number, an equal, technically equal representation in terms of, of mass of the two artists. But through your curation, you can choose how to and where you elevate one person's work. And, you know, that expands a little bit farther beyond curation, but we'll keep it with curation for now. I mean, these curators are maestros. They're maestros of your art. You know, you go... You, you're part of a gallery, let's say you have gallery representation, let's say you're working towards it, you're going to have to deal with the curator down the line. And, For sure. And they're going to be, they're going to be the ones who, who decide whether or not your art needs to be in the closet or not. Maybe if it's in the closet, it heightens the effect of the message of your art. It's about, it's about messaging. It's about, it's about how, how you can maximize the effect of the show statement and you know it's it, it's power you know power 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 is uh gets people drunk yeah i mean you know? maybe maybe you're a curator 
and you got a friend who you think is struggling with their sexual identity, you take their work, you put all their work in the closet, <laughs> and then boom, you can make a statement without saying anything. <laughs> oh, see? That's that type of power we're talking about. This is a cultural language that is being curated. If you understand what we're talking about by now, then, you know, that sentence makes a lot of sense. But um, a lot of people find the act of curation confusing. In, in a past episode, we talked about a type of criticism that we could apply to curation, and, and that was because of video games. It's yeah. Because a curator finally one day decided, like, oh, art is a video game now because I, wanna, I want it to be. Yeah. It's, that's power. And it's not invalid at all because that's true. That's the type of power curators have. Yeah, there's something about um, being able to elevate something. Uh, as a curator, you are the host of an event, right? Like most of the time, if when you have a curator, what they are is they're, they're deciding how the art presentation event is going to happen. Uh, a lot of curators, you know, they come through, they phone it in. They're like, all right, we're going to hang everything 60 inches with, with the center 60 inches from the floor. That's, uh, isn't that general... It's like 60 to 65, depending on the museum. Yeah. So, so, uh, do you want to explain what, what I, what I was trying to get at there? Yeah. So, so one of the, one of the decisions a curator makes is how the art is represented. And one of those facets is how it's hung on the wall. So a lot of times in museums or galleries, you're going to hang it at a certain height so that the center line meets a general, uh, height of a person's eyesight. And usually that's like 60 degree or 60 inches or 65 inches center line. You got to do some calculations if you're doing art handling and hanging all that art. We'll get into that probably in a later episode. But um, lo and behold, yeah, there's actually somebody behind the scenes hanging that stuff. It just doesn't appear in a museum. So that's the direction that a curator will give to the people doing the legwork of hanging the work that they are in charge of representing the artist's work and how the, they think that the artist's work can best be hung. A lot of the time, the average height is 60 inches center line from the floor. So you can see it like, you know, your eyes meet the center of the painting. Uh, maybe if it's 65 inches, maybe that, that curator is really tall. Yeah. You know? Well, okay, so so we, we're starting to touch on something. Um there's like two schools of thought within curation that I'm familiar with. And one is as a curator, how can you best show someone's work, how they intended it? And another is how do I choose as a curator to present this work? So like, if you're looking at the salons in France, salons being like, you know, institutional art shows in the, in the 20th century, they used to hang it by like the curator would be like, oh, I like all these works. So I'm going to put them in the most popular room, lowest to the ground. And then they would hang stuff all the way up to the ceiling, all next to each other, you know, a couple inches of space between them. The higher and farther away you were from the main gallery room, the less quality that curator thought your work is. Whereas um, I think generally in most galleries today, your average gallery just tries to hang work that in a way that will make it look 
most like how the artist intended it to look on a, on like a blank wall essentially like it's a drawing on a piece of paper oh. and go ahead so as much as uh curators are respected for that type of influence and responsibility i think that uh they also have or should have a sort of respect for the art and the artists by you know let's say what the explanation gage was saying uh you don't really have to have your painting hang at 60 degree 60 uh inch center line if you talk to your curator you got a cool cool curator you say hey this is a painting of a jet plane i really want you to hang it really really high like 12 foot center line yeah hang it like uh, is it possible for this to be hung from the ceiling it's how i intend to be and most of the time, curator will be like, that's how you want it to be. We'll find a place for it. Yeah. Yeah. Some curators might not do that. Some curators might think like, hey, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I, I kind of want to put it right here on the floor, <laughs> like leaning against a wall on the floor, not even hanging on any hardware. And they might say, like, I think that this will represent your work in a different <laughs> way. Depend uh, Because because the, uh, you know, the, the vision we have for the show is about so-and-so. And that the representation, sorry, this is a, looks like I got a text message from maybe a curator or something. We're going to hang our art because we're professionals. <clears throat> sorry. <laughs> so, you know, it's a give and take. Curators don't have 100% of the power, but they have the influence to hang the art how they think it should be hung. So, you got the airplane piece, curators want to hang it up there because it thinks that, uh, they think that the, it will be represented better depending on what the theme of the show is. And you can either leave, take it or leave it. You know, sometimes that's how it is. Yeah. So that's uh, like curation is definitely an art form. Um, but sometimes you'll be like, Hey, I want you to hang. I want you to hang that piece from the ceiling. And when the curator says, I want, I want to put it on the floor. And then you put it on the floor to show them just how you're like, they're like, all right, well, let's just check it out on the floor. And they're acting all cool. And then boom, they step right through it. Right. Is that how curators work? And then they ruin your pain. I'm not sure. I don't work with curators every day. Yeah. Lots of curators. Every, every single curator doesn't give a shit about the art. They usually <laughs> just try to like, if it's in their way, they'll kick it out of the way. Yeah. They're trying to phone it in. Watch out for those phony, phony curators out there. That's why we want you guys as interns to consider jumping into the world of curation. Jump into the world. Why don't you uh, curate a web gallery where you like find really cool stock photos and you <laughs> you put it on there and then you have Google AdSense put advertisements. So every time someone goes to look at your cool stock photo gallery, you know you get paid off that. See. Curators, they're all about the, they're all about the image and representing. You know, how how am I going to represent this uh, phenomenon? How am I going to how am I going to represent this uh, cultural thing? And that's that's a big deal. Um, curators are there. They're supposed to be knowledgeable about what's going on. You know, it's, that that to me is a sign of a good curator is if they know, uh, okay, this this artist is hot right now. You know, what's going on around me. It's all about what's going on around you, and 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 that's not exclusive. The word curation is not exclusive to art. No, it's definitely not. I mean, yeah. the the skill, the the curatorial skill, is pretty prevalent across most industries. I mean, anything that has a sales floor, 
mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. any retail job. I, I used to work catering and um, sometimes we would let the, well, not let, but sometimes the, the bride and their family and the wedding party would have an idea for how they want events curated. But most of the time they would trust us to decide how the layout of the food is going to look. What are people going to gravitate to towards first? You know, how what is the cost of the pot roast? Like, do we want people to fill up on breadsticks before they get to the to the pulled pork, or mm-hmm. like, what's the deal? And all of those decisions go into curating and organizing the space. Um, yeah, it's all about effect and cause. You know, when someone walks into the space, again, a very important word in the art world, space. When someone walks into the, this space. How are they going to experience? Like you're a little bit of a interior designer, but with art and no furniture. Yeah, sometimes there's furniture. Yeah, think about staging. Show. Like if staging. you're in real estate, yeah. I know a lot of y'all are in real estate. If you're if you're buying and selling houses, when you sell a house, you set it up in a way. You're looking for like, let's say you're looking for a a typical or what is the American standard family unit of of two parents, two kids, dog. You're trying to sell to them, you know, you set up the house in a way that they'll be like, oh, I can imagine having a couch there. And, you know, Johnny's uh, trying out dresses in the corner and like, like, Embert is in the backyard. And, you know, you set up some stuff all around, like maybe you'll have like a clothing rack over here and a TV in the center and you stage it so that when people go in, they can, they have this perception of the space it's not just this empty house, but you you feed them an idea. It's it's almost like propaganda. When you're a curator, you're you're taking content and you're almost you're setting it up in a way that it's perceived differently than just base content. Yeah. So let's say there was a let's say we wanted to make an art show about Gage's example about the uh, nuclear family. You know what I mean? Let's say you're a curator, you, you you get a bunch of art. You find a bunch of artists that represent that, and you got uh, thirty pieces of work. One of those is a white picket fence. You know where are you gonna put that? You're a curator. You get another piece of work. It's a big old, uh, really nice painting, highly detailed painting of a bowl of mac and cheese in Pyrex. <laughs> you know that's yeah okay. You like that one? You added it into the thing gives a spark that boom put it in there uh let's say uh you got a bunch of a sculptor that makes his work with tupperware yes you know, tupperware is a big deal back in you know nuclear families they like to store all of their leftover something whatever you find an artist who sculpts minivans see yeah you gotta you drive in as a curator once you're all done you want to drive in in a pt cruiser to per- further perpetuate the idea it's it's yeah it's that uh you gotta have the uh what do, you, what do you call it? The uh, the the first impression. Yeah. The first impression and the last impression. When people are leaving that, what do you want them to think? That's that's your job. You're a curator. You want them to think, wow, the nuclear family is really uh, neutral colored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's see. As, as a curator... That's what you want to do. You want your show about the nuclear family to blow up. What type of refreshments would you have at a show about the nuclear family? You need wine. Wine? Red, yeah, red and white. Red and white? Yep. You, you, you at least got to have some uh, nice glasses to represent how fine your show is because the art you're showing is fine. Wait, so, wait, wait. But what about if as a curator you want even the food? 
even the food to represent what's shown in the show. Ah, uh, okay. So maybe uh, mac and cheese. <laughs> yeah, you got some mac and cheese in there. Represent the mac and cheese painting, and then maybe a uh, uh, no salt Jello with hot dogs in it. Jello with hot dogs in it. Very nuclear. <laughs> that is very space nuclear. age back in the day. It's Jello. Yeah, you just have a uh, uh, Dippin' Dots ice cream. Ooh, okay. Because you know nuclear families love to buy Dippin' Dots at Disney World. Yeah, you know those uh those those Whole Foods babies. Yeah, that's what they want. Oh yeah, amen. You know, you can't amen. lie about that. Yeah, you have you have hummus. Yeah, and that's how you have to say it too. You have to say hummus. <laughs> yeah, maybe you play a bunch of Disney Channel music on the on the speaker or something. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, and uh, maybe you have. Like what is it? What do they give it? Communion, little Jesus those little wafers. Yeah, Jesus wafers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Maybe you have some of those. Maybe a corner of it is a chapel. Yeah, in church. Maybe one of your artists wanted to make a church. Cheese puffs in like a Super Bowl style. Super bowl. Super Bowl bowl. Yeah, <laughs> and like like see those those decisions are things that you would make curatorially. Yeah, because as a curator, you can really um, you can expand into the refreshment realm you can expand into like maybe someone puts on booties when they walk into the show yeah maybe you can expand even to uh getting to the show the accessibility of the show maybe you can have a uh, a real life hire a team of soccer moms to <laughs> carpool everybody who rsvp'd for the show to pick everybody up damn with some capri yeah. sons so that's how deep you can go <laughs> you really can and all of that shapes how you view an art object, and in this case, it's just going to be a picket fence and a painting of a bowl of mac and cheese, <laughs> <laughs> and just thirty of that. <laughs> because it's so important to you know strive for minimalism. You want to have the highest effect, most effect per capita for your show. You I don't mean, want to have too much. Th- this is that's a curatorial decision. You have a fucking a forty foot by forty foot room with just one pi- one piece of picket fence, a bowl of mac and cheese. <laughs> All of those refreshments and soccer moms driving you to the show and tell me that's not a fucking art piece you're going to forget. One one fence, like one. Yeah, just one piece. One piece of wood. It's only a quarter <laughs> of the way painted. Leaning against the wall. Yeah, damn, that's deep, actually. Dude, you want to get racial about it? Put a, put a Huckleberry Finn book right on the floor. Whoa. Yeah, because that Whoa. book says the N-word in it. Yeah. Very. Wow. <laughs> Imagine rolling up, like, go, like I mean, rolling up with your chaperone. Yeah. Your chaperone from a, in a Dodge caravan. You could hire performance artists to yell at people and say, hey, it's snack time, and they'll give you Capri Suns while you're viewing the show. <laughs> yeah. The same people who drove you to the show, you know, they're dressed like soccer moms. I mean, yeah. this is how deep curation can get. And we're kind of heading into the realm of, like, uh, installation slash like sculptural performance art but if you're if you call yourself a curator and you curate the picket fence and the painting of mac and cheese it's still technically curation yeah if the message rings true as a curator with your vision why are you even wasting these artists time to get together yeah you got to be confident i want these people to feel nuclear as hell from as the jump hell yeah, from the jump, right, be- like right before they even step into their door, you get a call like, "Hey, I'm here to pick you up. You know, are you ready to go to the show?" You're like, "Who the hell is calling me?" And you know, you see a bunch of your friends sitting in that Dodge minivan. Yeah, three <laughs> sons. You're like, "Where'd they get that?" I want to. Yeah, you get there. You know, there's a corded phone. And you get there, and and uh, one of those hired performance artists is like, "Hey, uh, Mister So and So, 
your friend your friend wants to talk to you and it's you know a, a little kid like hey you want to you want to hang out like you want to go play some uh, super mario 64 and it just adds to the to the ethos as an ethos and then you know you if you if you really want to uh, be a dope curator even the refreshments are curated in a sense where you could hire an artist who hand paints packaging and you can mm-hmm. have them hand paint mm-hmm. the packaging of like wine coolers to look like Capri Suns. Nice. You know, and yep. then when that performance artist who drove you up in the minivan is handing you a Capri Sun and you take a sip and you're like, oh shit, that wasn't Capri Sun at all. I'm fucking wasted. <laughs> Alcoholic Capri Sun punch. Yeah, there you go. That's what you just got. I mean, spiked with some Tito's. All this is curation, and, and we just want you guys out there, you know, you art pro interns, those of you who really give a shit about the art world, we want you to know that uh, curation is pretty fucking easy. You just got to come up with ideas. <laughs> <laughs> you got to make Woo! shit up. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, people go to school for like eight years or six years for it but it's really not that hard just like you're like oh what's an event i want to go to that'll look like this thing that i have in my head and then just fucking do that because you know what as a curator um you don't have to fucking screw a damn thing in see that's what makes it tough though yeah for you know when you're when you're an actual good real curator and you got some some uh you got a team of art handlers yeah yeah how are you gonna how are you going to make sure that, that your persona, your representation in the world, how people see you as a curator, isn't tainted by those by those fakes, those phonies that want to keep it easy? Yeah. You know, you can do the easy route. That's no that's no problem. But you're making your other curator fellows look pretty bad. Yeah, hang, hang a 24-inch by 24-inch painting, square painting right on the wall, halfway up the painting you know you put that at 65 inches boom you do that for all the paintings in the show yeah oh your curation job is done you got paid you get a a percentage of anything sold in the gallery boom you're done for the day yeah you're never there during where the art when the art handlers are installing your work oh i can't wait to talk to you guys about art handling yeah so (laughs) you know i hope i really hope that nobody's lost by now by our explanation of what curation is but (laughs) a big a big part of curation is the art handlers and art handlers are pretty much the arms and legs and eyes and ears of of how to execute that you know as a curator you got a great big idea but you also got a crew of people who have to hang that stuff so if you wanted to do something extra cool if you wanted to go extra nuclear with the nuclear family uh show and you're like you know what I'm going to put a nuclear bomb in here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you got a team of art handlers. How are they going to handle that? You know, if you make that decision, you're affecting people, not just your viewers, the people who have to install it. Cause you might give someone a really, really bad illness. Nah, you artists too, who like make things poorly. <laughs> like you, you like you make. okay. So the curator, I'm a curator. I'm like, Hey, I want a nuclear bomb in here. And like, I know this guy who makes nuclear bombs, but the dude <laughs> makes it out of fucking spaghetti. <laughs> And then you're like, no, I'm the curator. I want to. I want that spaghetti nuclear bomb in here. And then you just like, all right, art handlers, you make what twenty three bucks an hour? Yeah, you have to figure out how to install a spaghetti nuclear bomb into the corner of this room. It's about nine foot by eight foot. And if it's not done right, I'm just gonna hire some other schmuck who just graduated to fucking do it instead. That's the danger, uh, and the power of a curator. Curators, you know, they need respect, and it's unfortunate. 
that the profession has been tainted by those 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 said people that want to take the easy way out. I mean, you know, what's what's new? That happens with every profession. We're talking about curation, though. We're talking about the perception of art. We're talking about the people that look at an art show and be like, my my three year old can do this. Is that a good curator? I don't think so. Yeah, because okay, so if I were a curator, maybe it's a great curator, dude. You know what would be a great show? You have a painting on the wall, one of those paintings where people are like, "My three year old could do this," and then you hire a bunch of three year olds to try and do it, <laughs> <laughs> like forty of them, all working around the clock, eight hours a day, trying to recreate that painting. If they can, that's hilarious. But if they can't, that's even fucking better. <laughs> and that, and that would be a great show about child labor. Yeah, and the curator gets arrested at the end, and cops come at the end of the show. Everyone's drunk on wine. Boom! It's all curation. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. This is art. Take it to the next level. Yeah, yeah. And then the nuclear family show. If you're a great curator, you will stage a second Red Scare. <laughs> To broadcast on a radio behind that one fence post, scaring everybody shitless. You just have like Tucker Carlson and Alex Jones talking about how Russians are coming. Oh man, see it's a scary scary outcome sometimes as a curator. This is one of the most dangerous jobs on earth. All I'm hearing is that the BMA should give you and I like... $50,000 $50,000 to curate whatever show we want. I, I mean, feel like all nothing. of them would be great. Dude, honestly, some some museums pay that much just to ship art. I know. I know. Like five figs. I didn't know that. You know? Yeah, and that's in American dollars. That's not in uh, not a no. Brazilian. It's not yen? Yeah. No. Yen. Wait, how much did you say? Five racks? Sometimes. Five digits? Sometimes ten. Ten racks? Ten yeah. digits? Sometimes. Depends on the... <sighs> And yeah, I, I, I dabbled in the uh, profession of art handling, and I remember uh, seeing questionably expensive art. <laughs> yeah, was it like, it was like, they were like trying to ship something for like $20 million, but it was like a little bronze sculpture, and then it had a huge base that was just filled with kilos of cocaine? No, more like this piece of art was pretty much just a bundle of wire. <laughs> pretty like big, pretty big, about the size of a love seat, but it was wrapped really poorly in like cardboard and duct tape <laughs> like and blankets like you know the uh those those like moving, moving blankets. blankets that you yeah it was wrapped first it was placed on top of moving blankets and all, those moving blankets were uh boxed with sheets of cardboard like like various sizes it was an irregular shape you couldn't really just stuff it into a big crate or a big box yeah but the way they wrapped it was really terrible. And, and you know, here the the craziest part was this piece of art was $600,000. Oh, that's it? It was just wrapped up in a moving blanket, uh, sheets of cardboard, roughly, very roughly taped together with uh, both painter's tape and, like, packing tape. I mean, that's only 50 Bitcoin, though. Yeah. Oh, uh, there's also some uh, bubble wrap. But, like, oh, you know okay. I mean? But that's the thing, like... As a curator, that's not your, it's not really your responsibility to make sure the art gets in and out on time. It's, it's a little bit of a job of the uh, preparators, people who prepare the art handlers. Some, some, sometimes art handlers are called preparators. But um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just got off a tangent because it's just absolutely ridiculous sometimes what Dude, happens out there. Absolutely amazing. <laughs>
amazing. It's just yeah, amazing. See, <laughs> see, that's what we have to deal with. That's the type of criticism we as artists have to deal with. It's absurdity. Let me tell you guys, we got some tips for you on how to curate a good, a great art show. You know, whether it's at your friend's house in their living room, or you know, if it's at the MoMA. Renz and I have both curated many shows at a place, at places. Um, and if you were to take all of this out of context and cut the words around and and put them back together, you could say we've curated many shows at the MoMA, but we're not saying we did that. <laughs> uh, just to make it clear. Yeah, just to make it clear. But we have we have we have some tips for you. Um, tip number one is have some art. You need some. If you're gonna curate a show, you need, better, <laughs> you need to have you need to have some art. Um, and you know, tip number zero, tip number point five. Before having art, you need to have a space thing. The art. Oh yeah, uh, space meaning a, a place that people will go to and that you can acknowledge as an existing thing. And here's a here's a conception that I want to bring. You know, you don't need to curating something at the MoMA. Versus curating something in a really rad DIY space in your city, I, I I see that as equal. Exactly the same. Because the crowd at the MoMA, you'll have a particular crowd of people driving in in their Lincoln Navigators ready to see some nice art. When you do a DIY show, your crowd, you have some real folk, real grassroots community coming yeah. in there and seeing your stuff. As a curator... You just want to show stuff. Yeah, it's the same as like um, if you're an actor. You know, you go on the corner of the street and you act like you're homeless to get paid money, or you go on Broadway and you, you know, act like you're a cat. It's it's basically the exact <laughs> same thing as that. You're getting paid money. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna get paid money at the moment. But if you, yeah. we have many tips. Have art. Have a space. Number three, have refreshments at your show. Always need to have refreshments. I hate going to a show and getting parched. Yeah, you get thirsty. Like, what am I, you know, I don't want to have a dry mouth while looking at a beautiful bowl of mac and cheese. A lot of shows, they open on like a Friday night, which I think is a faux pas, by the way. But, you know, people open a show on a Friday night and like not have alcoholic beverages there. Like, what i have to pay to get buzzed this is bullshit you go to an art show to get drunk for free and then you actually go have fun afterwards yeah 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 i mean see that's another responsibility that you have to uh take on as a curator you know the experience of your viewers i mean it's a good marketing plan actually though so if you have a show let's say you have a show in your city you're like hosting at a warehouse and you have a dope show you let people get drunk at your show so they spend more time there. They invite their friends there. You know, whatever. Free Franzia box. What's it cost you? Like 20 bucks. Twelve ninety nine if you go to the liquor store next to my house. And then all night when people are like, oh, like, what'd you do to pregame before you came here? Like, oh, I got turned at this show. Like, you should check it out. It was actually decent. And, like, that's real marketing. That's a real marketing strategy to get people interested in your show. And many people employ it. If you're not employing it, then you're probably not a curator. Um, yeah, and that's the coolest way to promote your show is through other people. Alcoholism. That's, that's <laughs> the ideal way to promote what you want to promote is to get people drunk, shift their perception of how cool it is. Yeah. So once they're done, they're telling all these people, man, that show was so good, not knowing that what was actually good 
Yeah, was that like, boxed wine? Yeah, the boxed wine was the best part. <laughs> that's okay. It's the only thing uh, you paid for because rule number four, whatever the fuck, however, we're... rule number four, have cool friends who make art that mm. you don't pay. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens when you got to start out, you know? Yeah, you, you get the big museum budget. Yeah, you got You got to have friends who have art that's taking up space in their house and you don't pay them. You say, hey, you want to be in a show? And they're so excited to show their work because it is actually really cool to have people see your art. Like, that is super exciting. You take their dope work, you know, hours and hours of their labor and you just hang it on your wall. And then people all talk about the show you curated because it's sick. But you got to have cool friends to do that because on top of not only them having cool art, but they have friends that will go and see their work because it's impolite to, to not go. See, to me, that's one of the major differences. Tip number, what are we on, five? I don't know. Tip are we number, doing tips? Are we doing pros? Tip number something. <laughs> I think it's five. Number five. Um, as The difference, the major difference to me between a curator and an artist is social skills. True. True. So, as social a curator, how, you, how do you expect to find those artists? You, there's no online database that is... Uh, as you know, not every place has an online database of artists. You need to make those friends. You need to be in the scene. You need to go to shows. Yeah, you just need. so you're not doing the same show as someone else. You got to go to shows and tell people I'm a curator. Otherwise, how are you even going to know if you are or you're not? Mm-hmm. Number six, wardrobe. Wardrobe Dress like a curator. Hell yeah, leather leather uh gimp suit. Black. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> if it's black. Yeah, black gimp suit. Yeah, we're we're something. We're we're, we're you gotta dress clean. If you can't afford the gimp suit, then like a suit and a tie. Yeah. Yeah. Just be clean. Be clean. dressing clean. Yeah, because a uh, shirt what? with buttons. Artists are dirty. A blouse. People want their curators to be clean cut because that that's how you know cleanliness is next to organization, and organization is literally in the definition of curation. If okay, so a lot of people also say cleanliness is uh, close to godliness, What's, which means godliness is close to curation. Ah, yes, because God has curated our world. Yeah, that is true. That's the type of power we're talking about. So what we're saying is that if you're a curator, you were literally God of art. Of art, yeah, yeah. you're art God. No, that's the one hundred percent true. Number seven, um, have have tools. You're gonna need tools. Mental tools, mostly. Yeah, yeah ment- mostly mental. Wait, no, I was thinking physical tools to hang the art. Uh, that's the job of the preparator. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, what if yeah. you're what if you're trying to carry it on a budget? You know, actually, that's true. Some sometimes when you're starting up, you're level one curator. Sometimes you go to a space and they don't even have tools at all. Yeah, so or wanna, yeah. You're at your house. You're like, wow! I just bought three paintings from a guy at the flea market. Um, this one's of Goku, this one's of Ren and Stimpy, this one's of Courage the Cowardly Dog. They're all done as, uh, they're all done by spray paint. I'm going to have friends over later. I really want to hang these up so I can show off like, look, I'm a patron to the arts, but you don't have a screwdriver. You don't have a clamp. (laughs) I don't know why you need a clamp, but you don't have a clamp. You don't have any of that shit. You need tools to curate because Mm -hmm. you're a one person team. Yeah. Yeah, so so, you know, as a curator, one of the key words that we've been talking about is responsibility. So, you don't have to be the person to bring all of that 
uh, equipment, you can just delegate it to someone else. Yeah, you true. Know, you're a curator. You can do it yourself because it's your responsibility to make sure that the art is represented properly. Yeah. You don't have to hang it, but you have to make sure it's up there because you're the brains behind the operation. You're the you're the taste. You're the tongue of the art world, you know? You got to provide the proper taste. You got you to know uh, what, what, what will it take to put this art up here? Do I have to do it myself? No. Or am I going to get someone else to do it? Number nine, corrective lenses. Number nine, skipping a few. <laughs> yeah. If you have bad eyesight, you're going to need corrective lenses because you have to see where holes from the last show are in the oh, wall yes. so you can fix them mm -hmm. and where paint splotches are so you can fix the paint on the wall mm -hmm. that's number nine number nine yeah uh have a good eye have a that's, great eye you gotta have a good eye number nine. you need glasses get some glasses get you some need glasses. two pairs of glasses at once fucking wear do it. two it doesn't matter you have a responsibility responsibility make sure you see if if that painting isn't level because if it's if it's not level that's pretty much a representation of you as a curator you didn't see it you yeah. didn't spot it you were too lazy to make sure something was level yeah all you need is a ruler with a air bubble in, in it and a little capsule of water you can yeah. literally do it with a water bottle you can literally do it with a water bottle draw a straight line on the water bottle yeah first you need a first you need a level to draw that straight line yeah. with a water bottle and then, <laughs> and then, and then but you throw out the level yeah. yeah DIY you know, it, 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 that's it, number 10. We're, we're moving on to number 10. What's number 10? Uh, 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 tip number nine. Tip number nine was to have a good vision. Tip number 10 is uh, to do your best. Do your best. Uh-huh. Um, because you don't, you know, you uh, there's a lot of factors that are, uh, that might prevent you from, from doing the best show you possibly can, despite the odds it's not easy to it's not easy to to come up and be be a good curator when when you decide that you have the type of skills to to you have enough cool friends you have enough cool clothes you have enough uh style you have enough um indoor scarves yeah and turtlenecks oh my god you know what's so embarrassing is like when you have to carry a show by august 12th but you kind of just got a little anxious, so you like, didn't fucking work with the people that you were supposed to work with. And then, you know, August 11th comes around, you haven't hung anything, but you've already been telling people for three months on Instagram that you have a show coming up. That's so embarrassing. That is so embarrassing. It's just like, it's so embarrassing. So you have to be responsible. You have to do your best. Just do your best. <laughs> Just do your best. So, in a nutshell, as a curator, <laughs> we're making. Uh, let's. Uh, I want everybody to, unless you're driving, everybody close your eyes. No, or, even if you're driving, a, life's short. <laughs> we're gonna, <laughs> yeah, you know, want to want to get the full experience of the art pros. Uh, <laughs> so, just visualize somehow this curator that we've illustrated for you with our sultry voices. Curators dress well, professional, corrective lenses, indoor scarf, clean cut, wearing the nicest J. Crew. Uh, and this curator is is uh, intelligent, great social skills. That's somebody that you feel good about saying smart stuff, big words. Yeah, they're fucking genius. 
at the right time. Curators always say the right amount of words because they're the experts. They're the ex- they know they know more about they should know enough about the art to have the right to hang it up. Yeah. In a way that is meaningful. So so tell me how that feels as you're visualizing this 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 entity, this professional does it make you feel kind of good like wow like feeling feeling like you're in the right hands when you when you see somebody in front of you are you imagining willy wonka right now (laughs) he's a candy curator yeah he's got great ideas but imagine the uh, the opposite somebody that thinks that they're a curator they're wearing dirty clothes they're not organized you ask them about a piece of work. Where, hey, where should I? Uh, why did you hang this here, and why is it crooked? Oh, is it? Oh, is it crooked? I didn't notice. <laughs> uh, they smell. I feel personally attacked right now. Yeah, I mean, maybe they're maybe they're smart and saying big words on top of that. But who do you? Who would you trust more? I, you know, that's just a way to illustrate and emphasize what we're talking about. Because a curator is a professional, and they look professional. Yeah, you should. This is not some some artists are can be curators, but not all artists can be curators. Yeah, because of that, not all artists are as social and have the desire to put in the work that it takes to be a curator intellectually. You it's important. Yeah, you gotta have a lot of cool friends. Yeah, you gotta yeah. have a lot of turtlenecks. So many. All the turtlenecks. You gotta be hip with the uh, fashion. You gotta be judged. You gotta know what's cool right now, so you can put together a show people want to go to or look at. Because that's a that's a crazy thing about um, being curators. As a curator, you know someone's gonna judge what you're gonna put up. Yeah, you're on trial. In like you know you're walking into it knowing it. <sighs> Not everybody wants to walk in a courtroom. This is the courtroom of art, the art world. You know. Yeah, everyone's judging. They're like the lawyers of the art. Well, no, not really. Your viewers are the judge, jury, and executioners. Yeah. Well, you're supposed to execute the show, but you know what I mean. <laughs> you got to kill it. You got to kill it. You got to kill it. Curation is a job that is not for the faint of heart, but if you're nice to look at, it probably helps. Curation is a job that uh, sometimes you want to make a show so good that you make someone faint because their heart. You might be a curator if <laughs> you just can't stand uh, ugly walls. Uh, you might be a curator if your birth certificate is in Helvetica. You might be a curator if you have an opinion about how things look i don't know curators <laughs> curators it, it's uh, hard like all, most people who have artistic tendencies could probably put together a good show but a huge aspect of curatorial studies is a social aspect um i mean everyone curates even right now Renz and i were curating our words you know we try and we try and do a beautiful podcast for you we try and uh make something entertaining maybe you laugh maybe you cry maybe you feel nothing and that's the point of our curation Maybe the podcast is about the emptiness of existence. Maybe we're just another blip in the matrix. Uh, well, 
those clear for everybody. We're about 52 minutes in now talking about the art of organizing the visual language that we understand as art, fine art, painting, whatever, sculpture, whatever you want, <laughs> performance art. Uh, and what it... it I wonder who the first curators were. You know what I mean? Like, how did that word come about? Because right now, I'm I'm more uh, familiar with it in the realm of art. Yeah. But really, it's just pretty common. Well, do you think the first curator was like the guy who was like, all right, we put the round rock. The round <laughs> rock, that's the one that that moves easiest when we put it on its side. Like, that could be, that's a curatorial decision. Yeah. We I mean, put four round rocks next to each other. We have something that moves. I, I'm just trying to imagine a world without curators, like an art world without curators, and if it's possible. I don't th- really think it is. There's a bunch of insane people in their garages just <laughs> like huffing paint and making things that no one will ever see. Yeah, you a, a world without curators. Imagine this. You'll have art hanging everywhere, you know, like someone be hanging a nice, uh, installing a nice sculpture in the middle of the road. Without a curator to say to be there and say that's a bad idea. Yeah, it's not a government. <laughs> it's a curator being like, "Stop! Don't put this there." It'll be a fucked up world. Yeah. Yeah, you you're getting paintings. People are hanging paintings on your dashboard. You're driving to work. How come I can't see so well? There's a fucking <laughs> painting on your dashboard. Without a curator to tell you, like, whoa, 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 what are you doing now? You put that painting on a that guy's dashboard, he's going to cause a, a pileup. Someone's a doing, like, a George W. Bush portrait on your newborn's stomach. And you're like, hold on, man, I don't even vote Republican. Yeah, like, what is this? This is using, your, using my infant as public art? Yeah, this is not a canvas for you. No, you need that curator, the, the, the intelligent curator to say, you know what? Um, you have to ask permission to <laughs> do that with the infant, and uh, you, actually, it's a wonderful idea, sir. Can we uh, hang your infant up in space? <laughs> can we hang your infant, please? Yeah, <laughs> sixty uh, inches, or would you prefer sixty-five? You're a very tall man. Yeah. Um. So you know, it's a uh, it's a very special position. Can we hang your infant? <laughs> Not no, not that way. That's it's not a matter of can; it's a matter of may. Um, <laughs> may I hang your infant? I definitely can. So, <laughs> that's like wow. That was a next. I I you know baby jokes were popular. I'm sorry, yeah, I just hate children. Were very popular, but uh, that's a that's a different level. You really curated. The episode that was the punchline of the episode. Everyone, <laughs> we didn't uh, all that information we were saying before. I don't know how relevant it really was, but it was just a <laughs> hour long setup for that punchline. Just to be very transparent. Get it? We hate children. Just I'm I'm just kidding. Uh, Baby jokes are pretty see. bad. Um. All right. So. I guess well, we're about the point where we got to curate the closing statements. Oh man, uh, how many friends can we call on in this? And I'm not dressed for this. Um, we love you guys. Uh, yeah, I'm not dressed for this either. We have a Patreon, 
patreon.com slash art pros podcast maybe it's just art pros uh we have an instagram paid dot artists we have a twitter i think and if you have any feelings about you know the episode or whatever feel free to send us an email at art podcast at gmail.com for more great content like this like and subscribe to our youtube channel uh just kidding just uh you know follow us on spotify or itunes or however you've been listening to this but we do have a youtube channel has one video up two two it has two art videos pros academy oh yeah art pros academy if you guys want to join the art pros academy go to our uh, website artprospodcast.com all you gotta do is read the articles and uh hey you know what thank you everybody for listening it really means a lot and if you uh you know like gage said if you like our uh, stuff make sure to block us on all your major platforms <laughs> um so oh if you want to curate us into any anything feel free yeah uh hey send us some art send us some fan art or something whatever art and we'll curate it onto our instagram and our website and our website too the, we love fan art and we love the fans dude the day we get a fan art piece i'm gonna blow my top hey why don't we give someone a special prize for set spending the time to make some fan art and send it? Well, if anyone's made it this far, then it's you must secret. be a fan. This is the secret. Don't tell anyone. Okay. If you make us a fan art, I'll send you $5 in cryptocurrency. <laughs> do you want stellar lumens or do you want uh, Bitcoin or what do you want? I'm loaded. Mm. Uh, all right. Well, uh, have a cool day, everybody. Hopefully it's not too hot where you're at. And hopefully you enjoyed. Love you guys.